Hello and welcome to repeat number two. Uh, today I have a very special guest, my friend Grant Heinz. He is a video gamer and makes a living as a full-time streamer on platforms such as Twitch. Have fun and thanks for tuning in. Uh, that's an awesome car you've got there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Yeah, we've got a. We, you, if you guys are listening to this at home, we've got a bright yellow car. Uh, you're gonna be just, you know, a lot of people are gonna be staring at us. So. Yeah. <laughs> I hope, get, get used to this, Pete. Pete's very unassuming, guys. He's very chill. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm pr- I'm quite relaxed today. I have we have beautiful weather today. We are in Cape Town, South Africa. Yes, we are. And where are we going now, actually? So, I've decided there's a vegan uh, food festival that's happening right now no. in Constantia. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of a drive. I'm not too sure if they're fully open yet. Sorry, okay. I'm looking away from I'm I'm driving, guys, <laughs> by the way. Um, so, I'm really excited to see if they've got something open and maybe we'll get you like a, a vegan donut or something. Okay, sounds awesome. All right, so I have um, Grant Heinz here, who's... Uh, full-time streamer uh, predominantly on Twitch Um, and just to give you a little bit of a background I think when I think of um, of Grant I always think of him as a brand as a personal brand (laughs) (laughs) what about me I'm a human being (laughs) he is a human being uh, secondly no Adidas Grant Heinz (laughs) yeah exactly uh, and he actually had more than 160,000 live uh, streams in the last 20 days on Twitch. Uh, and on top of that, he is a brand because his hair is bright yellow, just like his car. <laughs> uh, and he is the only person I've ever met on this planet who did a rebranding as a person. We've done rebrandings as a company at, at Swelly. Uh, we started differently and we're now called Swelly. Uh, but Grant, uh, tell us a little bit about, about your personal brand. Yeah, I think branding as uh, somebody that uh, is a platform, I think that a lot of the things that I do are are platform driven. So I have a YouTube channel, I've got a Twitch channel, my Twitter account, my Instagram. Brands interact with those things and uh, in, in a many way you are a brand. I know this sounds super cliche, but you are, you're right. You, you become a brand and you become recognizable by certain uh, attributes and that's just one-on-one branding right like if you go to any business school or advertising uh, university college you, you will know a lot about branding so I used to have very bright uh, pink hair and if you guys are attuned to the gaming world and understand how um, what gets branded and what doesn't get branded uh, you'll you'll well if you understand uh, the gaming universe at the moment you'll know that ninja the, one of the biggest streamers in the world also eventually got pink hair and I was I had pink hair before him for about three years and then it became a huge branding fail at, at, at some point because people would jump into the same platform see me and uh, immediately think that I was copying Ninja so basically what you're saying is that the whole the streaming community is just like Dragon Ball and everybody's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> a super saiyan everybody's different levels of super saiyan <laughs> well I thought uh, dyeing my hair was a, a bold statement so I, I have a history in South African television I used to host uh, breakfast shows and uh, tech, tech news related uh, content on broadcast terrestrial broadcast and because we have a very conservative culture Unfortunately, dyeing your hair or expressing yourself in any way creatively uh, was very much frowned upon. Um, and I made a concerted 
efforts to leave all my above the line terrestrial broadcast radio uh print magazines i was writing for gq as well um uh my television work and then swap it over to digital i felt that as a somebody that was focusing on gaming content and technology content that my audience was predominantly online they weren't um on watching tv um so i needed to make like a drastic decision for my future and that's the one that i made and part of my act of rebellion to to terrestrial broadcast was to dye my hair i mean it might not sound that crazy if you guys are watching this from abroad but in south africa that was a bold statement people uh thought that was quite a big deal um it wasn't a face tattoo peach you got tons of those (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you guys should see my face actually (laughs) Um, um, Post Malone. Um, no, no. <laughs> Pete, Pete's as clean as a whistle. Pete Malone. Uh, Pete, <laughs> Pete Malone. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's where the hair came from. It wasn't by copying the streaming scene at all. But the streaming scene slowly became saturated with people with brightly colored hair. And branding yourself uh, with, with bright colors is important because the thumbnails with, with which you find people on Twitch are very small. And on YouTube, you know, the discoverability is low. You want something that's bright and eye-catching. When you see like a very uh, brief glimpse of a stream, you want to make sure that you can draw people's attention. Some of the games we play even have bland colors. Like uh, Call of Duty, like the colors are also desaturated and blues and and, and, and browns. And uh, you wanted to make sure that you had this bright, saturated, uh, eye-catching thumbnail or or, uh, little representation of yourself that people can uh, easily gravitate towards. And when you did your rebranding, um, it wasn't just your hair, though, right? Um, yeah, it was my whole site. I, obviously, I, I, I had this, this pink hair, and then I made a, cons- uh, I made a, a decision uh, at the beginning of the year to go incredibly eye-catching, but maybe mature it up a bit. Um, wow, those guys nearly had an accident. Did you see that? <laughs> that was hectic. Um, and um, as a result, I, I decided to go for yellow hair. So I changed my hair to yellow, very bright yellow. I have a, a, an incredible uh, uh, hairstylist. Her name is Salome. She's in Cape Town. It's called Look Hair Design Studio. They're relatively new, but she's had uh, she's very well known here. She's kind of a celebrity stylist in her own right. So if you guys come to Cape Town, I'm going to give her a shout out. That's fine. <laughs> nice. That's the first ad we have, first official unpaid ad we have in my podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So she. So she. In her wisdom, she was the one who told me to go pink before pink was uh, fashionable. She said, this is coming in. And uh, she made the call with yellow hair. She said, listen, this is coming in as well. Um, And there are many ways to tell which trends are going to be um, picked up. But that was, yeah, I I took her advice. And as a result, I mean, we're driving in a bright yellow car because once I had changed my brand, uh, other brands started to notice. And they, uh, Suzuki contacted me and said, hey, um, you, you know, we've got a bright yellow car coming out later this year. You don't know about it, uh, but we'd love to work with you. And uh, you kind of fit the ethos of what we're doing. And I was like, yeah, that sounds really exciting. So basically, you have to just throw things out uh, into the world and the universe will get back to you, right? Well, yes, but be smart about it. Branding yourself confidently and uh, provocatively if you can but also it doesn't have to be provocative but um, it's got to be intentional it's got to be very clearly defined and intentional I always say if you can write like a, a line about what you what you are and if you could sum it up in one word about what you deliver that's extremely strong because if you if you work with um, 
any brand in the world and they say you work with like Wacom right like they they're a reputable uh, arts um, company you know exactly who they should be working for if you say hey you need a partner with 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 uh, with influencers you're going to be thinking of creative influencers uh, and people that use this stuff professionally and if you can find the most creative or passionately creative and if that person is that's their defining feature eccentrically creative that that might be something that Wacom tap into and know exactly that that's who they want to work with you might be cutting out a lot of potential brands that would work with you but at the end of the day you're, you're giving strong yeses to companies that uh, are investigating you and are basically fall in line with your mirror image you know so basically finding your niche and really being outstanding in in this niche right a hundred percent so um so grant you are you are an influencer you are on twitch you are on youtube you are on instagram um you made a living of really being yourself and doing things that you just like to do yeah so when i was at high school I read a, a video game magazine and, and, and a epiphany dawned on me like when I was 15 that somebody was paid to write this. You know, they played this game, they were paid money to write this and I want to do this as a career. <laughs> uh, so, and uh, it kind of fell, fell by the wayside. I went to advertising college. Um, I learned, I've studied art direction. That's what I'm qualified in. Um, and uh, got into the real world. But I was still, I still had that passion for video games that I carried around with me like a backpack. Um, everywhere I went and in my first job um, uh, that I was working I was working as a storyboard artist for a cartoon show and somebody there needed a video game uh, specialist somebody to speak on TV about games and the first person that came to mind was me and I was just I was known as the although other people in the, the office were passionate about games I was known as the most passionate even if I wasn't, I, that was the display, right? That's Brandon. Grant is the most passionate person. Like, it's not just about gaming. Like, you see him, you talk to him, you just, it's actually crazy. <laughs> In I, a good way. I think, I think gaming is one of the most important creative outlets that we, that we have in society. Anyway, so I, um, I just want to, where was I? Oh, yes. Um, um, so I went on TV, did this thing, uh, and they loved it. And they said, come back. Can you come back next week? And I was like, yeah, cool. Let's, let's do it. And then I thought back to my school days when I read that magazine. And I was like, this is it. This is me doing that thing that this other person was paid to do. And then I just realized that because no one was doing it, um, it was, it's not an established career in South Africa to the, to the extent that it probably is today. I just needed to make a way to to you know make that happen for me so i spent a couple of years um doing a lot of tv work around games and then crafting building st a studio at home working out how to film at home uh saving up for cameras you know that kind of thing and just uh, producing my own content because i'm passionate about this space yeah that that's incredible and those stories are what inspired me to come up with a project uh, that i call like you and like you is is uh, interviewing people and giving you insights into people like Grant. And I want to help guys uh, and girls out there to create their dream jobs and create new careers for themselves that they love. And uh, for that reason, Grant, like how do you get started if somebody's out there listening and who he wants to become 
he uh, or she wants to become a, a streamer? So streaming is a component of what I do, and I and I and I have to clarify that because a lot of people think that streaming, um, in and of itself, is an is a very viable career. Unfortunately, uh, for a lot of people, it isn't, and also for those people that it has become a viable career for for them, it's. Um, it, it's not very long-lasting. It doesn't have the longevity that like an established medium has. Um, you know, it's something that's live. It's broadcast. You have it's up for two weeks and then it as a vod and then it gets deleted off Twitch. Um, so my my su- su- suggestion is literally if you if you want to become a streamer, uh, choose a platform, do it in your spare time. Uh, if you're passionate about it after a couple of months, still. And, you, and it's starting to pick up finances because that's what it will be. Then start making a business plan. And people hate to hear that stuff. They're like, like oh, wait, no, I, was, I, I just want to stream and I want people to donate money and I want to make a, a ton of cash. You can't rely on people in your audience that are funding you every, you know, to, to pay, pay up your, your rent. Um, you've got to put together like uh, a business plan about like who's sponsoring, how many viewers, what do your reports look like? Can you approach brands? How do you approach those brands? Uh, do you start with one brand? I would recommend doing that, you know, and then seeing how, wh- how it can grow. And then once, once the, your income from your streaming meets your work income, you can start thinking about dropping your traditional uh, nine to five. But I don't, a lot of people go like, I'm going to stream now. I find that more fun. And then they literally drop what they're doing, mm. thinking that if they stream to Twitch, they're going to make money <laughs> like overnight. And that's unfortunately not how it works. Which it might, it might it, that's the thing. It it always works for some people, but that's really the minority, right? There could be some sensational uh, talent out there that have the serendipity uh, on their side, and it just works for them. But yeah. for most people, it won't. I'd say just it's one in a million people that that happens to. So sure. just rather be smart about it and and strategize. There's there's nothing wrong with planning, and there's nothing wrong with work, working out a business model. Because even if even if streaming fails, and you've built the business model. That's the most important part, right? You've built, you've learned how to build a business model. You've learned how to be, do the technical side of it. You might have even edited some videos out of it. You learn how to present in front of uh, an audience. You, you know, you will learn the, you know, the granular uh, problems that come with streaming because there are tons of them, um, like bit rates and encodings and platforms and mediums and broadcasting. It's 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 quite involved. And how how qualified do I have to be to start becoming a streamer? Can you can you search YouTube? <laughs> I can. That's it. That that's it. Like you just need to find out everything you need to do by Google. Like if you could be on YouTube and find out how, like how encoding a bitrate works, um, just by searching it, then you are well on your way. So get started now. Keep your job uh, and take it slow. Um, and anything else? Methodical. Be methodical about it. Like and write it down. I think a lot of people don't don't go on gut feeling or um, the American dream <laughs> of like anything can happen it's huge amounts of work and in some cases I know people that stream and they do it as a hobby uh, it's you know instead of playing golf on the weekends they just they stream and they make some money out of it but at the end of the day it's what they're passionate about doing as a, as a spare time thing but during the nine to five they're like uh, marketers and accountants and and clocking in massive salaries so they would never they would never quit like what they're doing like from a nine to five perspective but they love the fact that they have the space the opportunity and the funds to build a little home studio and make and get creative and and, and make some content
And that, that in and of itself is a win. It is. It totally is. What, what, what keeps you going? Uh, coffee. No. <laughs> Lots of coffee. No, um, I, you know, I really enjoy this space. I love the, the fact that it's kind of a wild west right now and that you, you can be the best at formulating it. I think a lot of people want more structure and um, uh, like traditionalism in their work environments, more security. But at the same time, I don't find that as entertaining as, <laughs> as this. You know, when I first started doing this was back in like 2009. And the, the genre, because we can call it that now, the genre of unboxings or let's plays, the words, the, the descriptor hadn't been invented yet. People were, were um, unboxing products online as a new thing. They, people, you told somebody, like, I watch a lot of unboxings. They wouldn't know what you were talking about. Um, if you, you watch the Let's Play, which is essentially people watching other people play video games on YouTube, like people thought you were insane. Um, there was one or two media outlets that were doing it. Giant Bomb was the one that they, they didn't call it a Let's Play. They called it a Quick Look. And that was the first time I was introduced to the, the format of a, of, a quick, of a Let's Play. And um, since then, PewDiePie has become the biggest streamer off the back of that genre. Yeah. Um, and it was really exciting to be uh, creating video content in a, in a time when we were still formulating the genres of the, of the medium. You know, and I think that we're kind of still in that space right now, especially with live streaming. Live streaming is a bit of a wild west where um, it's the early days of radio. We're still working about working out what we want to watch. Platforms like Twitch are actually struggling with basic things like discoverability. Like how do we push our best content creators to our viewers so that we retain viewership? Those problems YouTube are solving and pretty successfully. Twitch hasn't even got there yet. They're I'm sure they're going to be rolling out something in the next year or two. But those are that's a very exciting stage in this space to be in. And because we're all early adopters, um, cre- early creative adopters, um, we have the luxury of forging this space further, you know. And you were telling me earlier, you are uh, first and foremost a creator. You are creative. You love producing content. You love talking in front of the camera, uh, etc. Uh, what else is there? Like, what else is there to do to run a business? Yo, I, I'm, I'm really passionate about uh, creating business models. I've had to create a business model around what I'm doing. And I love agile business models. That's actually one of my favorite things. You know, no matter what economy you're in, like whether you're in a, um, like a recession or it's thriving, like, the more agile you are and the more especially as an individual and as a as a content creator you'll always be somewhat successful you'll always be able to solve a problem that uh, a lot of people are struggling to solve because they rely on traditional traditional uh, business models traditional business models really struggle when it comes to um, the recession because they rely so much on the state of the economy whereas agile business models uh, especially by content creators allow you to adapt quickly to any you know market changes or the way people are spending money or you know marketing trends influences right now as as it stands are a marketing trend you know and um you want to be on top of that uh you know what i mean um sorry i'm like busy turning the car here so we are now actually here uh we are at that vegan uh, festival we're gonna get some food 
we're gonna find find a parking spot now. Uh, we've good. we've got some. And uh, so my my last question um, for this uh, episode with Grant is about stress. I want to make it a big commitment uh, in this podcast in repeat to talk about uh, mindfulness, uh, stress, uh, positivity. Like how do you deal with stress uh, with a work week that is sometimes really crazy? What do you do to keep sane? Uh, <laughs> Unsuccessfully? <laughs> I, I work, yeah, so I think that one of the most... Uh, I have things that I'm going to implement. Let's talk about that rather. Because <laughs> like uh, I think uh, I've, ha- I've had really bad stressful situations um in the past which have been very bad for my mental health um and especially when i was abroad i really struggled i worked in the uk for a year um so one i worked with uh, as a content producer for casper lee he's on seven and a half million subscribers for a year and a content producer for josh peters he's just had a million um so like there was a lot of pressure then and also just the culture clash and the environment I'm not sure i'm a fan of that of that um of that world uh, you know, uh, so anyway, so I, I learned a lot about myself in that period. And I think that was actually an important thing that I wish I had noticed was like understanding what burnout looks like, understanding what, um, you, myself better, like what, what am, how am I prepared to push? What, what makes me grow? Cause sometimes working isn't necessarily the, like the lead cause of burnout. It's, um, Working and butting your head all the time, you mm. know, like, and I think that often is a cause of burnout, like a lack of growth or a lack of progress. Um, that, th- that frustration is the thing that burns me. It's not necessarily actually grafting. Like I, pr- I really enjoy working. Yeah. It's just when you don't see the fruits of your labor. So okay. finding ways to like catch wins and acknowledge them and be like, you were speaking in your previous podcast about optimism. Yeah. Just going, okay, how can I be optimistic about this bit of work? And how has it grown uh, myself, my business? How has it been a step forward? And if I can identify that step forward, then it makes the work worthwhile. You know, especially if it's a direct result of that work. Um, so, yeah, I think that's how I'm uh, going forward and doing it. And then just scheduling, like time management is a big problem as well in my life. And I think that... Uh, a stronger hold on time management to think about these things and address them correctly, mindfully, can help alleviate stress a lot. Stress is a big deal. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, and you need to get rid of as much of it as you can. And and at this point, I want to give a little uh, quick shout out to my friends at Pocket Coach. Uh, check out the app uh, at the App Store and Google Play, Pocket Coach. Uh, what it does is it gives you tips and uh, little uh, audio files that you can uh, listen to to deal with anxiety and stress and I found it really helpful it's just a couple of minutes a day and it's a great product uh, go check it out cool and I'll check it out I'm in that space I need awesome. it and we are going to the vegan festival why are we actually going to a vegan festival um, so I'm vegan and uh, I think I need to introduce you to some really good vegan food um, I haven't been here yet and I'm really excited to see what they, what's on order uh, I'm thinking of picking up a coffee but you can have a look and uh, I want to get your opinion I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. Have a, a lovely day, everyone. Is and it the end of the podcast? In. It is the end of the podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Check out Grant Heinz on Twitch. And don't forget to tune in for my next episode of Repeat on Wednesday. Bye-bye.